Praise the Lord. A lot of great things happening around this place over the next number of days. Before the service is concluded, Pastor Hayden's going to come and share a little bit uh, with our young people, those that are here, as well as those that are watching by live stream about our True Love Waits that is coming up in just a couple of weeks. Um, I know that we're all just so excited to still be right here in, in the uh, 21 days of fasting and prayer. And I want to thank you for giving of yourself during that, making that sacrifice, pushing that meal back, and spending time in prayer. We've got seven more days. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Seven more days. And so I want us to push hard these last seven days. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. We, we need to gather in prayer, to, in prayer corporately. And I've, I've pushed to try to get folks to come the last two Saturday nights, and I've, I've, I've only had just a few folks. That needs to change this next Saturday. And the reason I'm saying that is because there's power in agreement. And if we as a church will make it a priority to come together and spend time in prayer, I'm telling you, things are going to happen. God is going to move. Prayer does change things. matters who you pray to. Let me say that. Prayer unto our God changes things. If you believe that, say amen. And so this next Saturday night, I know all of it. I know we're in the, 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 the heart of hunting season. I know we're in possibly in the rut even. I don't know. But I'm asking you to make it a priority next Saturday to come and gather for prayer. We've been doing setup at 4.30. If you can't come for setup at 4.30, then make plans to come for prayer at 6. Next week, despite no matter what happens with Diamond Sports, we're not going to change our time. Yesterday, we was able to change it uh, back a little bit earlier because they were going to finish earlier, and we found that out that morning. And so as a result of that, um, we backed it up and was able to meet at 3. But next week, we're going to try to keep it set specifically for prayer time at 6 o'clock. And so I want to ask you to please listen to your pastor. I'm asking you to please make this a priority. If I can't get folks to help me to pray, church, we're not going to go forward. I'm just telling you, we're not going to go forward. If we can't come to a place of prayer, we will not go forward as a church. How many of you want to see Crosspoint go forward in 2022? Amen. If you do, shout amen at least. Amen. Now, I'm not talking about going forward in, 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 in all the physical sides. We're believing God's going to do that in, in, in the direction as far as property and those things. I'm talking about spiritually. I'm talking about seeing souls saved. We're asking him for 200 souls this year. And I'm telling you, that's only going to happen being birthed in the prayer closet. And so I want to ask you right now to make this a priority. Whatever you have to do, whatever you have to shift around, whatever you have to change to be here next Saturday evening at 6 o'clock. If we can at least get in this one night of prayer in this month of January, this first month of the new year, this last Saturday of our fast, going into Sunday. Sunday will be the last day of the fast. If we can get this in, I'm telling you, I believe the Lord is going to honor it and He's going to show up and He's going to do great things. I know a lot of times what happens is folks think, well, I just can't go. I can't go this time. But the problem is when everybody thinks, I can't go this time. Okay? I know there's a lot of sickness and things that are happening right now. Pastor's not trying to make anybody feel guilty. I don't operate that way. I'm just trying to share my heart and convey the importance to you for this. See, we're not here to be church as usual. We're not here to be status quo. 
We're not here to just be another, another church. We're here to, to exist as a movement, a place that miracles are happening. People are being saved, rescued from the depths and pits and bondage of sin. A place of transformation. How many of you believe that? We don't go through the trouble and the struggle to set up like we do just to exist. That's not what we, who we are. We're here because we've been called to be here, and we're here because the Lord has commissioned us to be here. And I believe He's chosen us for this moment, for this time, for a time such as this. And so I want to ask you that are here, you that are watching, whatever you have to do, I'm asking you to make this a priority next Saturday evening uh, to be here it will speak volumes to me as your pastor, but most importantly, I believe it will show your heart as well uh, un unto the Lord for your hunger and your passion and your desire uh, for his, his presence and His blessing to be upon Crosspoint. I know there is an outreach going on that day. Brother Donnie will share a little bit more about that a little bit later. Uh, that will be happening as well on that Saturday. But, um, but please make plans for that. I wanted to also share just a couple things. I normally don't do this, but we're missing a bunch of folks, and I wanted to just be able to share it so they would know as well. You know, next, uh, next Sunday, actually today, two weeks after service, our Emerge uh, ministry is going to do a fellowship afterwards. They're going to travel to Cancun's. And so for all that have been a part of that, and it's not too late for you to get in on it, uh, so for all of our folks that are being a part of that Emerge class on Sunday mornings, please get in on this fellowship. For more information, see Brother Marshall or Sister Casey. Sunday, February the 20th will be um, the Link Fellowship at Brother Chad's 20th. 13th? Is it the 13th? Okay, sorry. Got it wrong. I have it wrong on the calendar then. So the 13th. Uh, Sunday the 13th at 5 o'clock at Brother Chad's. Young adults ages 19 to 29. It's going to be a fellowship uh, that evening, having a great time starting at 5 o'clock at Pastor Chad and Sister Penny's house. Jump in and be a part of that. And then February the 23rd is going to be an impact team meeting. This will be a very important meeting, our annual one of our annual meetings. So for all of those that are part of the impact team or a, have been here since the very beginning, uh, part of our launch team, uh, this will be a, an important meeting. After this meeting, we will then be opening the doors for membership for those that would like to join the team. And so we'll give you more information on that after that particular meeting, and that's February 23rd. And then please mark your calendars also for Sunday, February the 27th. This is where we are going to be celebrating two years of existence as Cross Point Church. Can we give the Lord a great big hand for that? Amen. And it's going to be Cross Point Celebration 2022. And so we want you to make plans for that. I'm hoping to have a special guest speaker, maybe even guest musical, uh, musical guest on that Sunday, hopefully as well. And so uh, with all that we're dealing with in this season, it's hard to, to, uh, to know exactly what could take place on that day. But please plan to be here. We're going to try to get everybody that's ever been a part of Cross Point uh, to be back with us on that day as we celebrate all the Lord's doing. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you're glad to be a part of what he's doing right here, right now at Cross Point Church, would you give him a great big hand clap of praise? Because he's doing great, great things. Amen. And we're so thankful. Praise the Lord. There'll be no children's church today, no kids' church today. Our, our uh, 
Uh, Sister Crystalline's out, and so we're not going to have kids' church. And our backup is also out sick, and so we could, I could have uh, pulled Sister Courtney in, but we decided we're just going to keep those that are here in with parents today. So just love us through that. Uh, hopefully we're going to get through this season pretty quick and be able to see Children's Church back up and running and back normal, hopefully, uh, in the very near future. So for right now, please stand with me and go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 7. 1 Samuel chapter 7. We're going to read nearly this entire passage today. If you're physically able to stand, come on, stand in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. And while you're turning, uh, so great, so, so great to have Katie back with us today, her and Sister Holly. Would you put your Bible under your arm for just a second and just just give them a great big hand? Sister Holly's been with us, but man, we ain't seen, seen Katie. Great to see her today back home with us. We love her. Great to have her back today. And uh, we're excited that she's able to be back with us. Amen. Praise the Lord. I did want to encourage you to check out our website, crosspointpdl.org. This next week, hopefully, there's going to be a link on that website that will lead you to our podcast. How many of you ever listen to podcasts? Ever you ever pull up a podcast? How many of you are clueless what a podcast is really even all about? Can we just be honest and raise our hands, okay? Me too. I didn't really know until recently. But how many of you do a lot of driving? You do a lot of riding. How many, okay, how many of you put earbuds in no matter where you're at or you have something playing uh, somewhere, sometime? Do you ever listen to anything on your phone? If that's you, raise your hand. All right, okay. So we're going to get it this week, hopefully, where our messages will be available by podcast, okay? So you can listen to them going down the road. Um, We have actually set a date uh, in the month of April that we're going to have a team here that is going to be recording, professionally recording our music ministry so we can have our music also available by podcast. Isn't that exciting? Amen. Going to get this out. God's blessed us with some of the best singers and musicians around, and we're thankful for that. And so that hopefully that link's going to be right there on our website this week, so you can click that, and that will take you to where you can start hearing the messages. Listen, I'm nothing special. I never claimed to be anything special, but what God gives me for you, I don't like for it to be lost. I want it to be archived if we can because I'm believing that when it comes from Him that we can listen to it even at a later point and it minister to us. You'd be surprised sometimes the things you don't hear in a regular service, that when you're concentrating that you can hear it and, and, and it really minister to you. So we're trying to work that out, so hopefully this next week you'll be able to see that. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. 1 Samuel 7, if you're there, shout a great big amen. Verse number 1. And the men of Kirjath-Jerim came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab in the hill and sanctified Eleazar his son to keep the ark of the Lord. It came to pass while the ark abode in Kirjath-Jerim that the time was long, for it was 20 years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth, and serve the Lord only. Excuse me, verse 5. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. And they gathered together to Mizpah, and drew water, 
and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said there, We have sinned against the Lord. Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpah. And when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered together at Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. The children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it for a burnt offering holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. And Samuel was offering up the burnt offering. As Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. The men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came under Bethkar. And then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. So the Philistines were subdued. And they came no more into the coast of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. And the cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel from Ekron even unto Gath. And the coast thereof did Israel deliver out of the hands of the Philistines. And there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. I want you to go back with me to verse number 10. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. I want you to look at that middle part. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes this morning on days of thunder days of thunder somebody shout thunder amen thunder days of thunder help me pray lord thank you for your word today i ask you god to anoint me i ask you to use me today open oh lord open my heart first lord to be an aqueduct that you can flow through speak through me today i pray almighty god that you'll open ears to hear and hearts to receive have your way in this place God, let us leave different than we walked in. Let us leave changed by your word, by your power. And we'll give you praise for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, buddy. If you would, turn to somebody and tell them days of thunder. Days of thunder. Amen. Praise the Lord. This was in that office, wasn't it? It's cold in there. Didn't need a refrigerator this morning. Love me through this today. I don't know how well my throat is going to hold up today, but I'm going to do my best to bring you that that the Lord's given me. If, if it gives out on me, you preachers be ready. I'm going to just tag out with y'all and y'all can preach my notes, okay? Just be ready to go. Amen. You hear me? All right. I want you to look here at this passage, and I'm going to try to start slow. Look here at verse number 1 of chapter 7. I want you to notice this, that there was an importance that was put upon the ark of the Lord. 
The ark of the Lord had been fetched, and now in verse number 1, we see that it was placed in the house of Abinadab, and for 20 years it stayed there. And in verse number 2, we find that Israel began to cry after the Lord. See, I believe this is what is missing in a lot of lives, in a lot of homes, and even a lot of churches. There's way too many churches that are okay with showing up and having what we call good church. They're okay with showing up as long as the the songs are good, as long as there's a decent message, as long as somebody cries or something happens around the altar, we're okay, Uh, we're we're fine in in that type of service. But I'm going to tell you, God, when God shows up, He takes us out of our normal routine. When He shows up, he, He causes our formality to fall to the wayside. See, I believe that what we need is a hunger to cry again after the presence of the Lord. Far too many folks have gotten lukewarm and gotten filled with apathy. They've gotten cold in heart even and don't even realize it. It's been so long for some folks since they've had a move of God and the sad reality is that they're okay with that. And they'll, they'll check the box of everything in their life of saying that, you know, hey, they're good, they're, they're attending church, they're reading their Bible, they're praying, all is well. But I'm gonna tell you something. God wants to move in your life in a power way, and if you believe that, say amen. In verse number three, Samuel puts them to the test. For in verse three, this is what he said unto him under the house of Israel. He said this one word. It's the probably the biggest word in your Bible. It's a two-letter word. It's the word if. He said, if you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, he's saying, listen, If you really are crying out for the Lord, if you really are hungry for God, if you really are returning to the Lord, then there's something that you've got to do. He said, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you and prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve him only. He's saying if you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then prove it. Prove it. Look at somebody, tell them to prove it. Come on, say it with a little bit of boldness. Say, prove it. Prove it. I was talking with a fellow minister this week, and he was sharing with me about when he picked up Pastor Jim Rayleigh from the airport. And if you know Pastor Rayleigh, you know he's just crazy. And he got in the heater. It was cold outside. It was cold in the plane. And he was freezing to death. And he got in and turned and looked at this minister and said, he said, do these seats have heat? And he said, yes, they have heat. And he said, prove it. Prove it. He wanted him to turn the heat on. See, this passage right here, what Samuel is saying, he's saying, if you really are returning to the Lord, then prove it. As we move to the the next couple of verses, we find in verse number four, it says that the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth and served the Lord only. In verses five and six, we see where Samuel, he said, gather all Israel to Mizpah and I will pray for you unto the Lord. The very word Mizpah, stay with me now, we're laying some groundwork, so stay with me. The very name Mizpah, this place, it meant lookout point. It was a higher place that, that they could gather. It was a, a place of clarity, and it was there that the Bible says in verse 6, 
that they drew water. This was symbolic of their hearts. And this was a foreshadow of what we do as a New Testament church. They drew water out and they poured water out before the Lord and they fasted and they began to confess their sins unto the Lord. And, and it was there, the Bible says, that Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpah. How many of you know that mercy even became even comes because of judgment. When God looks and sees a heart that is humble, there's a just decision that is made to have mercy on a soul. In verse number seven, it, we find that the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered together to Mizpah, and the Bible says that the generals of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard it, the Bible says in verse number 7 that they were afraid of the Philistines. How many of you know when the enemy hears what God's doing against, uh, doing in your life, he's going to rally against you? How many of you found that out to be true? That when the enemy hears, see, he's not all-knowing. He's not omnipresent. He catches things by gossip just like you do. He's got his own demonic network of information that once it reaches into the realm of Ephesians 6 where we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. Once it reaches that realm, you better know that the enemy's not going to just sit around and just hope that you fail. He's going to launch an attack and make up his, his own mind through his rallying efforts that he's going to bring you to destruction. That's what happened with the Philistines. The Bible says when they heard they was gathered to Mizpah, they knew something was up. When they heard they was gathered to this lookout point, something's going on. And then all of a sudden they begin to gather, they begin to come up against Israel, and we find what happened was the first thing that happened was the children of Israel were afraid. How many of you know, listen to me, those of you that are new believers in here, that the very one of the very first weapons that the enemy will use against you in your walk with God is that of fear, a spirit of fear. Now I know some would say, not me, preacher. Ah, look at me. Ah, I mean, I can't even flex my muscles. I'm worried about busting the buttons off of this shirt. That I'm not talking about how macho you are or how strong you think you are and you're not afraid of anything because spirits of fear come in many different ways. Spirit of fear will bring discouragement. Fear of fe spirit of fear will bring depression. Spirit of fear will bring oppression. It will come. It will creep in. It will get you down about this and down about that and get you worried about this and worried about that. And before you know it, you've got your eyes off of Jesus and all you see is the enemy all you see is the battle surrounding you. That's how the enemy operates. But I've come today to declare the word of the Lord from Isaiah. He said, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Can we just today declare it that those of you that are battling the spirit of fear, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. It will not prosper against your life in the name of Jesus. Verse number eight, though we find that what happened was the children of Israel went back to Samuel and they said to the prophet Samuel, cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us 
that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. They remembered that Samuel could hear from the Lord. They remembered that Samuel had it was in tune with the Lord. See, Samuel here becomes a shadowing type of Christ, a shadowing type of our intercessor who is Jesus himself. They knew that the Bible says just in chapters previous that God did not allow one word of Samuel to even fall to the ground. Samuel, whose very name means Jehovah hears, they knew that they could get Samuel to intercede for them, so they went back and they went to where they knew their hope came from and said, Samuel, please cry Cry out unto God for us. Don't stop crying out to God for us. Oh, I'm thankful today for prayer partners. I'm thankful for those that we can call on in our, our hour of need to get a hold of the Lord for us. But aren't you great? Aren't you grateful today and thankful today that there's one by the name of Jesus that is forever making intercession for us in our time of need, in our hour of difficulty? We can call out on him and he is interceding for us hallelujah thank you Lord verse number 9 the Bible shows that Samuel took a lamb and he offered it for a burnt offering holy unto the Lord and he cried unto the Lord for Israel and the Lord heard him hallelujah glory to God that spotless lamb was laid down as a sacrifice The blood was shed, and when the blood was shed, it was there for atonement. It was there for deliverance. And Samuel cried out unto the Lord, and the Lord heard him. And then we find as we move further into verse 10 that as he was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. Ever been there where you felt like the enemy was closing in? That it felt like, man, if something doesn't happen in this moment, then we're going to be defeated. If something doesn't give, then, then it looks like that all hope is gone. If something doesn't change, then we could suffer such devastation. Any of you know what I'm talking about today? Any of you ever been there? Maybe you're there right now that you need an answer now. You need God to move now. You need God to work right now. This is where the children of Israel were at in the Bible says in verse 10 that as he was offering up the sacrifice, the enemy began to draw near to battle against Israel. Oh, but all of a sudden we see that the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them and they were smitten before Israel. I love that. Woo, but the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day. It was a day of thunder and the Lord discomfited. That word discomfited has got a lot of different meanings. It's got a lot of things that you can hang your hat on there. It does mean to defeat and it also means to crush. But one of the definitions is confuse. He confused the enemy. He confused the Philistines. How many of you know that when the Lord shows up right in the middle of your battle, Right in the middle of your struggle, the enemy, it looks like you're going down. It looks like it's over. It looks like the bell's about to ring and you and the enemy has won the battle. But how many of you know today that the Lord's got a way of showing up? He might not come.
come when you want him, but he's always right on time. And when he does, you talk about confusing the devil because there you will stand with hands raised and a song in your mouth and a praise in your heart and it won't make sense to the devil or anybody else around you. All you know is that God has showed up. It's a day of thunder in your life. Hallelujah. Woo, give him a hand clap of praise if you will this morning. Lord, I'm about to get excited. In verse 11, we find the men of Israel now went out of that lookout point. They went out of Mizpah and they smote the enemy. They smote the enemy, and then in verse number 12, as a matter of fact, it says that they pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came under Beth Car. We'll come back to that, I believe, in just a moment or two. I believe I was going to, yes, I'm going to deal with that in just a moment. But verse number 12, it says that then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto, hath the Lord helped us. Hallelujah. Ebenezer means a stone of help. And then verse 13, we find the enemy was defeated. And verse 14, we find restoration came and peace came. How many of you are thankful that we serve a God of restoration? If you are, say amen. Woo, how many of you are glad for peace in Jesus today? If you are, say amen. Woo, come on, you ain't getting excited enough for my taste today. Because are you glad? Let me ask you again. Are you glad we serve a God of restoration? Come on, Chris. Bruner, are you glad we serve a God that is able to restore? Woo, hallelujah. Ah, days of thunder. Turn to your neighbor, tell him I'll show you some thunder. God's about to show up, amen. God's about to show up. Woo, somebody say, Watch God work. Come on now, watch God work. Look at somebody. I, listen, I, there's somebody sitting next to you that needs a smile. Somebody sitting next to you needs a smile. Would you just turn and smile at somebody real quick? Come on, some turn. Oh, come on, get a smile on your face. Get a smile. Why? Because we're happy in Jesus today, ain't we? I said we're happy in Jesus today. Oh, but pastor, you don't know what I'm facing. You know what? Why don't you make the devil mad and smile anyways? Why don't you make the devil mad and praise the Lord anyways? Why don't you make the devil mad and just say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. The devil wants me just to sit here, be down and out. But you know what? I'm still saved. I'm still on my way to heaven. I've got a reason to rejoice today. So I'm going to put a smile on my face and be happy in Jesus. Days of thunder, Brother Marshall. I like you preachers all being up here on the front row. I like that. I know Brother Donnie's working back there, but I like y'all being up here on the front row. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yep. <laughs> See, days of thunders when the Lord shows up and shows out in your life. Ooh, is there anybody here today that say that I've had some days of thunder? Come on. 
when the Lord has showed up. I've had some days when there was no other way but that God showed up. That's a day of thunder. It's when the rain of heaven falls in your life, bringing victory over the enemy. When's the last time that you had that kind of day of thunder whenever it just rained? I mean, it poured in your spirit the presence of the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about just what happens in here. I'm talking about when you're out there, when you're at home by yourself, when you're in your bedroom, on your knees, at your bed, when you get up in the morning and you're walking through your house and you're praying and seeking God and the presence of the Lord falls and moves. See, that's a day of thunder. It's a day of revival. It's when the Holy Ghost shows up that suddenly a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind fills all the place where you are and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost is poured out. Do you know why a lot of churches are dead? Do you know why? Because they've not had some days of thunder where God Almighty shows up and shows out. God help us not to be a quiet church, not to be a still church, not to be a boring church, not to be a dry church. God help us to be a church filled with people that have days of thunder seven days a week that their lives are being touched and changed by the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And when we show up together, God Almighty thunders in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you want a preacher that's calm, you're going to have to go somewhere else. If you want a preacher that lets you out at 12, you're going to have to go somewhere else. Now is when you say amen. Before, I, I didn't know if that was you want a preacher that gets you, lets you out at 12. I, I, didn't, I was confused there. If you want a place that you're not going to get challenged, you're going to have to go somewhere else. If you want a place that you, you, it's always uh, predictable on what's going to happen, you're going to have to go somewhere else. If you want it to be a few songs, a few points, and a poem, and a few minutes around the altar, you're going to have to go somewhere else because as long as there's breath in this body and I'm standing behind this pulpit, can I tell you, we're going to be a place that we're expecting the rain cloud of the glory of God to hover over this room and him to thunder down in this place. Can I tell you how the demon possessed are delivered? When God thunders down. How are marriages mended? When God thunders down. Are you hearing me? How are those that are bound set free? When God thunders down. Oh God, let this be a day of thunder. Hallelujah. A day of thunder. Uh, See, it's a day that darkness is defeated in your life. It's a day that strongholds are broken off of your soul. It's a day that God reveals himself strong and mighty and shows you he is more powerful than the enemy you're facing. It's a day of victory. It's a day of revelation. It's a day of transformation. It's a day of thunder. How many of you enjoy thunder in the, in the natural? How many of you are like, wow, boy, isn't that beautiful? Whoa, boy, isn't that great? Do it again, you know. Most of us are like, oh, get inside, right? Because thunder follows lightning, right? Are you following me? We got a little Yorkie at the house. He does not like bad weather. And he literally, when it's thunder, and he's like, mm, I mean, he's like, he's scared to death. I'm going to tell you something. 
That's just like the devil when God starts thundering. Like a little old Yorkie shivering over there in the corner because he knows that God Almighty is greater than he is. Are you hearing me? Well, come on now. I said he's like a little old Yorkie shivering in the corner. Not because of you, not because of me, but because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I want this day of thunder. Facing difficulties, facing struggles, trials, troubles, tribulations, facing emptiness, facing brokenness, facing so many things. I don't know how to make it through this. I'm in an hour that I must have a move of God. I need a day of thunder in my life where God will show up and where God will show out. I need to come through this mess that I'm in. How do I bring the manifest tangible presence of God into my life and into my circumstance, into my situation? See, I believe we can learn some lessons from chapter 7 of 1 Samuel and what the children of Israel did. And I want us to look back there, and we're going to walk back through it one more time. Look at verse 4. Then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth and served the Lord only. See, if you're going to have a day of thunder, it starts with repentance. Without holiness, what? No man shall see the Lord. The first step to a move of God in your life starts with repentance. Even if you're saved, it starts with you acknowledging if there's anything in your life that should not be there, asking forgiveness, getting it under the blood, and turning from it. It is a life of repentance. In all actuality, we as followers of Christ, we must live a life of repentance. Why did Jesus say, if not, then why did Jesus say in Mark chapter 8, if any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. It is a life of sacrifice, a life of repentance. We find even in Romans chapter 12 he said I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service verse 2 and be not conformed to this world but what be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind you cannot hold on to the world and think you can grab a hold of God at the same time it is not going to work you must repent of things that are not like the Lord turn unto God and serve him and him alone. Now, as we look here, I want you to grab a hold of the word repentance in verse number four. Pastor, that was just for the Old Testament. No, it's for the new as well. It's for us. In Acts 26 and 20, the Bible says, and then to the Gentiles that they should repent And turn to God and do works meet for repentance. Show that you've repented. When somebody genuinely is born again, guess what? When they genuinely are converted to Christ, they're going to want to leave the old life behind. If you believe that, say amen. They're not going to want to do the things they used to do. It doesn't mean there may not be some areas that they struggle and that the Lord's helping them and sanctifying them, but they don't want to go those places. They don't want to do those things. They don't want to watch those things, look at those things, listen to those things, take of those things. Are you hearing me? There's a repentance that is real. In Acts 17, verse 30, in the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now 
commandeth all men everywhere to repent. To repent is to turn away from sin and to God. Now what I like about this part right here is that it says that they serve the Lord only. See, the children of Israel, listen to me. The children of Israel had a problem. But much like many in 2022 today. Their problem was they wanted to serve the Lord God Jehovah on this hand, but they wanted to hold on to the other things with this hand. And Samuel addressed this and said, put away those gods and Ashtaroth. And I'm just going to deal real quick with what was said in verse number four. not going to put a lot out there because I don't have time, and it's very deep. If you could go back and listen to messages I've preached before, then you would have a better understanding of where this is at because what you need to know is that these same two idol gods are deeply embedded in the culture of America, in the government of America, in our society. These same two demons, demon gods, what Disney or others would call demigods, we find they are deeply embedded in everything around us. I don't have time to get into all of it, but I want to break it down just real quick for just one moment so hopefully maybe you can understand what was happening here as we look at this. The first one that was mentioned was Balaam. Bible says they put away Balaam. This is Baal. It's the plural of Baal. See, Baal was identified with the planet Mars. He was called the God of War. He was considered the chief God and the supreme God. He was also named the Lord of the Air for his superior power and supremacy of the air. Kind of reminds you of the prince of the power of the air, does it not? Usually he was depicted holding a lightning bolt. And yes, he would be the same one that you find in Greek mythology that is named Zeus. What we find when we look at these is from culture to culture to culture, from language to language to language, that many times they were called by different names, but it represented the same demon, the same demon God was there. And friend, I want to tell you, if you think you can read the Old Testament and think, man, that was just for back then, no, it's not. It is here today. It is present today. See, Baal was known for for requiring sacrifice of children. Children would be sacrificed unto him. He's called by many different names, Milcom, Molech, other names that referenced Baal. And in this day and hour we're living in, if there's ever been a nation that has given themselves over unto the worship of Baal, it is a nation that legalized abortion in 1973. I don't have time to get into all of this, but over 60 million babies have been aborted. Now I know, and I'm by no means condemning anyone that has been through this. Hopefully you have asked the Lord to forgive you and got it under the blood don't let the devil bring it up again but can I tell you somewhere in the halls of government somewhere in the back halls of a clinic somewhere across this nation in the dark halls of of some satanic church there are those that are declaring every abortion is in worship to that of Baal or Satan himself it is real it is legitimate it is in your Bible and friend this is where the children of Israel say We'll forsake Baal and serve the Lord only. See, Baal was also known as the breaker, the covenant breaker. And he's at operation in this land today. 
That's why marriages, 50% of marriages end in divorce. Why? Because Satan, Baal, is at work. That demon spirit of covenant breaker is at work that causes these type of things to creep up in hearts and in homes. Hear me today. They didn't just say, Baal, and I'll move on. I could throw another thing out there that a lot of churches are splitting because of that same demon spirit. But then they said Astaroth. See, Astaroth is, oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Astaroth is the Canaanite goddess of love. We got young ears in here, so I'll say the S word. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. Love, power, and war. The goddess of freedom, of personal freedom. The motto being, if it feels good, do it. The same goddess that is represented in Babylon by Ishtar. The same goddess represented by the Sumerians of Anana. The Phoenician Astart. The Greek Aphrodite. The Roman Libertas. And even the Egyptian Isis. What's interesting to note is that he... We here in our country, how we have swallowed it hook, line, and sinker. And I know it's not a popular message, but the very one Libertas, that of the Roman goddess of freedom, the same as Astoreth named in 1 Samuel chapter 7, is the same statue which stands on the harbor of Ellis Island in New York City, the Statue of Liberty, and the same statue of freedom that is on the top of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. Friend, how could we ever think that this kind of thing could happen in our nation and it not affect the people of this nation? Are you hearing me? Somebody opened the door and welcomed hell to come right in and to bring destruction. That's why this nation is overrun in such filth and perversion from pornography to adultery and homosexuality and bestiality and pedophilia and molestation. Stations, Are you hearing me today? It's because the devil has been given free reign. But God today is looking for some folks that are say, no longer devil, no more devil, not in my house. For as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Glory to God. We will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Repent. Keep your eyes wide open. And notice that so much of what comes from Hollywood and many of the other venues of music and movies is bent and determined to push these very things into the hearts of the people of a nation and around the world. We must forsake anything that is not like God. Anything that is sinful, we must repent of it, turn from it, and serve the Lord only. Hallelujah. The next thing that we see happen, happened in verse number 6. They gathered together to Mizpah, and they drew water, and they poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said, We have sinned. Listen to me now. As we look here, see Mizpah, the very name Mizpah, it means that of lookout point. 
It means that of watchtower. I want you to understand, I don't know of any greater place to look out than that of prayer, a prayer closet. And what they did at Mizpah was that of prayer. What they did at Mizpah was that of representing truly a heart seeking the Lord. See what we must have today in the next thing, if you want a day of thunder in your life, after you've repented of things, is you must return to the prayer closet. We'll see a lot of folks when you say prayer closet you lose them like I ain't got no closet that I can pray in it's full of shoes and clothes and luggage and all that stuff I don't want nobody to open that door because it hurt them if it ain't open it it just spring out don't open that door you know everybody's got one of them doors right you can't open that door I don't have one of those in my house I'll be one to confess my wife don't allow me I probably would if she let me but I can't have one she won't let me you know we can open any door but the reality is it's not about a closet per se as it is a secret place, a place that you go and pray. Do you know what to bring a change and transformation into your life? When you've received Jesus as your Savior, old things pass away and all things become new, but it's that prayer closet experience every day. That's why Paul said, I die daily. Do you know why the church has gotten weak? Because the church has quit praying. Do you know why the church has become formality and religious? Because the church has quit praying. Listen to me. You can't pray without first having repented. And there's far too many that need to realize we need to repent of our religious ways, our religious mentality, our traditions that were birthed out of the pits of hell and turn unto a God that is holy and righteous and let ourselves be revived again to return to the prayer closet. How can we say we want more of God when we don't pray? Listen to a preacher this week, nationally known preacher, Church of God preacher. And I'll even go as far as to say that the movement for fasting and prayer that has happened over the past 20 years in the Christian Church of America started with this minister, and that's Jensen Franklin. We've been to his church. We've stood with him. He's prayed over us. We had a group of young people with us, and I don't know, maybe some of the young folks here were, I don't know. I don't know. Chad, you were, yeah, you were there. And so I, I've been able to receive of his ministry and experience his ministry. And this week, he said this. He said, I'll even go as far as to say that if you don't pray, you're sinning. Now, for me, I believe that it's all about relationship. That the reality is this, that if I am not consecrated unto the Lord, then I am doing something, I am not committing myself fully to the Lord, and that means I'm not going to be spending the season and time of prayer that I should. See, there are sins what? Of commission and sins of what? Omission. The things you don't do that you should do. That doesn't mean that if, well, I hadn't prayed today, so I've been sinning all day. No, that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about when you take on that mentality that you don't need prayer, what you've done is you've taken on this same heart that says I'm good right by myself. I can do what I want to do, and what's happening is you're on this road of backsliding. You become filled with apathy. You become lukewarm, and Jesus said he'd rather you be hot or cold, but since you're lukewarm, what? And that's a bold thing to say if I don't pray. That means I'm sinning if I don't pray. That's bold, ain't it? The Word tells us 
In 1 Timothy 8, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Don't tell me you're hungry for God if you're not praying. Don't tell me you want God to move in your life if you're not praying. If you're not seeking God, then you can't say you want revival. You can't. There must be a return to the prayer closet. There must be a return to, are you hearing me? It's just like what we said earlier, that the only way we will go forward as a church is through prayer. And if I miss the time of prayer in my life every single day, I am asking the Lord to forgive me. I live that way. Because relations, the relationship is damaged when you've not spent time in prayer. Pastor, I'm just so busy. Are you really? It's just too hard. Is it really? I mean, are you a follower of Christ or not? You remember where Jesus called the disciples to go with him to the Garden of Gethsemane and said, watch and pray? And he kept coming back and finding them asleep. And he said this, the spirit indeed is willing. Watch and pray that ye enter not into to temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but what? The flesh is weak. I gave all of our ministers a book by E.M. Bounds called Power Through Prayer. I don't know how many of you have been reading it. It's not an easy read. And what I mean by that, it's not a long book, but he uses a lot of big old words that I'll be honest with you, I've had to look up some of them. What does that mean? I've even tried to use some of them in my vocabulary from time to time, trying to get educated. But the thing about what I love, what he talks about and what he says, he talks, he's really, that book's dealing with us as preachers for the most part. That's why, that's why you received it from actually from the church. But it goes for all of us that if you want to be a world changer, you got to be a prayer warrior. If you want to make a difference in this life, then it's going to be through prayer. Why would we ever think that we can be strong in God when we don't spend time in prayer? The, the, the forerunners of the church today didn't have the technology that we have. They didn't have the TV to sit, to sit in front of for hours. Are you hearing me? Come dark, it was time to go to bed. They'd sit there by the light of a lantern and they'd read their Bible and they'd get up in the morning before the rooster crowed and they'd spend time in prayer and spend time in the Word. Why? Because it was their life and they were close to the Lord and they were close to each other. Their families were close and God was working. They depended on Him for everything. Are you hearing me? See, some folks don't pray because they're on that. They spend hours on this. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, 
YouTube, TikTok. Are you hearing me? Oh, not me, preacher. Well, why don't you time yourself? And maybe we should do it with everything that is involved in entertainment. And compare our entertainment to our time we spend on our face before the Lord. I believe we all should be under conviction. I don't want you to be comfortable, Stetson. I want to stir you up. That it pushes you. Because I read these books like from Ian e. Bounds and, and, and David Brainerd and other, others that, that stirs me up. They were spending hours in prayer every day. They were reading 13, 14, 15, some of them 19 and 20 chapters in the Word of God every single day. You think Azusa Street just happened in 1906? No, it happened because people were praying. Well, that's, that's up to you, preacher. You're supposed to be the one that prays the glory down. Where did you ever hear that? See, the problem is for so many that they have to get through the first two, maybe three songs before they even get their spirit ready to worship. They come in cold, dry, dead, empty. You know what that's a sign of? Somebody that hasn't been praying. Everybody say prayer closet. Say it again, prayer closet. Where is that? It could be anywhere. It could be that stump that you go and sit on out at the edge of the woods. It, it, it could be uh, your man cave if you got one. It, it could be your she shed if you got one. It, it could be your bedroom. For all I know, it could be your bathroom. Maybe kneel down at the throne in more ways than one. It could be anywhere that you can get alone with God. But not praying cannot be an option. We've got to return to the prayer closet again said they poured out water that's why in Jeremiah or actually Lamentations Jeremiah said pour your heart out like water Luke 18 and 1 Jesus spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint Matthew 6, verse 6, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Pastor, I can't pray all them big words. You know, I can't pray that, Oh, great and eternal God, that createst the vast span of the universe with one touch of your hand. God's not interested in that. That's what Jesus was dealing with. Those that want to pray in the synagogues, out in public for people to hear them. God's not interested in that. You know what he's interested in? He's interested in hearing your heart. He's interested in you praying. Listen to me. Don't, don't, and we don't have time to talk about it this morning, but don't you dismiss the Lord's prayer because there's a pattern there on, on how to pray. He prayed, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our 
daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now listen to me today. If you'll just get alone with the Lord, you may not know what to start out saying, but if you'll just show up and put forth an effort in prayer, God's going to meet you there. Got to return to the prayer closet. Come on. We got to remember, just as the children of Israel did in verse 8, they went back to Samuel and they said, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. They said, Samuel. Don't stop. Brother Jared, they said, don't stop calling out on the Lord for us. They remembered their hope is in the Lord. Would somebody just say, my hope is in Jesus? Come on, say, all my hope is in Jesus. I've been wanting to do that saying, all my hope is in Jesus. I ain't going to spring it on you, brother. All my hope. Remember, remember where your hope comes from. Did you hear me? Far too many of God's people has come down with a spiritual dementia. You've forgotten where your hope comes from. And that's why the devil has got you down and out. That's why he's got you discouraged. You need to remember this morning where your hope comes from. I said you need to remember this morning where your hope comes from. Mm. That's why Peter said, as long as I'm in this tabernacle, he said, I want to stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Would you just reach over there and nudge your neighbor real good and say, remember, remember, remember. Woo, does anybody remember? Come on. Does anybody remember how good of a God you serve? Does anybody remember that nothing's too hard for our God? Does anybody remember today that our God cannot fail? Are you hearing me? We need to stir up some hope and some faith in this place today and remember where our hope comes from. Some of you have fought the devil like never before over the past week or two or three. He's come against you tooth and nail. What do you need to do right now? You just need to remember. You need to remember. You know, I'm going to go out there and if you, I'm going to crank it up before I get in it. But if I didn't crank it up, go out there and get in my truck, it'd be freezing cold. How crazy would it be for me to just drive to the house shivering from the cold? 
crazy. Because it won't take me but that long when I get in that truck and I hit that cold leather seat. It won't take me just a second to remember I've got some heat. To push that little button that heats the seat in the back. Blows hot air through all them little holes in the leather. Reach over there and cut that heat on up. Ooh, about not too hot to stifle me out, but about mm, 77 is generally my favorite number. 77. And I don't put it blowing in my face because it suffers. So I put it blowing on my heat. I can't have my toes cold. My toes are so cold in that room, I said, don't step on them, they'll break off. See, it ain't going to take me long to remember. And that's where it needs to be for you today. Maybe you're in a place that your spirit is cold. Maybe you're in a place today that you feel like that you can't take much more. That one more nudge, it's literally going to break off the hope that you have. And it's all going to be lost. But can I tell you today that there is a heat available for you through the fire and the power of the Holy Ghost. If you'll but remember today to reach out and call on the name of the Lord and let him show up today and bring hope into your life. Remember the God you serve. The last, the next thing that happened was in verse 7. The men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came under Bethkar. Who say I'm going to repent of anything not like the Lord. I'm going to return back to the prayer closet. If I want a day of thunder, it's not going to happen just by me having a hope so kind of attitude. It's going to happen because I'm calling out on the Lord. I'm going to return to the prayer closet. I'm going to remember where my hope comes from. My hope is in Jesus. If I'm going to make it through this struggle, it's going to be because of Jesus. If there's going to be a turnaround, it's going to be because of Jesus. And because of that, he's going to pour out the Holy Ghost in my life. And I'm, he's going to thunder down right where I'm at and I'm going to run in victory. I'm going to go forward in victory. The men of Israel went out of Mizpah out of that prayer closet and pursued the Philistines. They smote them until they came under Bethkar. I found that interesting that Bethkar means house of pasture. It means place of a lamb. So they kept fighting, kept running. They kept on. They didn't quit until it finally came to a place of the lamb. See, I'm going to keep coming out of my prayer closet and pursuing this enemy. I'm going to keep fighting until I finally and fully bring it all under the blood of the lamb and experience a victory. Put the devil out the pasture and stand in the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost. Going to run in victory. Give me some more musicians up here. Maybe a singer or two up here. You see, in the midst of the victory, verse 12, Samuel took a stone. They did it a lot of times as a memorial to remind, a landmark. But he took this stone and he set it between Mizpah and Shin. Mizpah, whose name meant 
watchtower, outlook point, and we're calling it the prayer closet. And Shin, whose name actually meant hard rock or jagged rock, sharp rock, he put a stone right in the middle and named it Ebenezer, which meant stone of help. Isn't that just like the Lord? See, when you'll just get in your prayer closet, you might be facing a hard place. You might be facing a hard time. You might be facing a jagged rock of difficulty. But if you'll just get to Mizpah, if you'll get to that prayer closet, you're ready for that day of thunder, get ready. Because he's going to thunder down in your life. If you'll get to the Mizpah, that place of prayer, that place of pursuing God, you're going to run the devil off. And in the middle of all of it, he's going to set an Ebenezer down between your prayer closet and your hard place. Seems like I remember Jesus looking at Peter who had said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, Matthew 16. He said, Flesh and blood hasn't revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And upon this rock... Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Are you hearing me? Then he said, and I... He said, and I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom. And whatsoever you shall bind, are you listening to me? Whatsoever you shall bind on earth, mama, will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Are you hearing me today? I don't know where you're at. I don't know what hard time you're staring down. But I've come to tell you, if you'll get to a mizpah and you'll pour your heart out like water, get back into that prayer closet and call out on the Lord. He's going to show up right in the middle of your hard time and he'll be the rock that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. He'll be the rock that'll give you the keys to the kingdom. Somebody say, help me, Jesus. Come on, as you stand to your feet, say, help me, Jesus. daughter told me I have too many closings so I'm trying to do better so I'm not going to tell you I'm closing until I actually mean it good intentions don't count for much do they so I'm not telling you I'm closing yet even though that's my intention the last thing that happened and I want you to grab this the Philistines were subdued they never came into the coast of Israel again there we find under the hand of the Lord at this through the days of Samuel. The Bible says, verse 14, the cities they had taken were restored. The last part, there was peace. See, if you want days of thunder, there must be a repentance. There must be a return to prayer closet. You got to remember where your hope comes from. You, then you can run forward in victory, pursue the enemy, and then receive restoration how many of you have experienced restoration in your life hallelujah everything the devil has stole he's a God of restoration he's a God of peace he's the peace speaker see when he shows up things change 
When he shows up, something happens. When he shows up, heaven comes down. In Isaiah chapter 64, verse 1, Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens, that thou wouldest come down, that the mountains might flow down at thy presence. We just need him to show up today. Acts chapter 16, verse 26, And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prisons were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. Brother Marshall, I've never been in an earthquake in the natural. I heard you ask that earlier. But I've been there in the spirit. When the grounds, the spiritual ground of my life shook. And the prison doors flew open. My bands were loosed. As God Almighty showed up. Today, you can dismiss this message and leave from here thinking you're fine. You don't need a day of thunder in your life. You don't need God to move in your life. You don't need God to move in you, in your home, in your family, whatever it may be. You can dismiss that, and friend, you're going to slide further down the slippery slope of bondage. Because that's nothing more than pride telling you that. The book of Proverbs, Solomon said, Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. The greatest thing that we see happen in this passage wasn't necessarily Samuel crying out to God as much as it was the children of Israel humbling themselves before the Lord, pouring out water. Can you see it? Grab me that bucket right there. Right right there. Take that plan out. Let's take the plan out. Need some water, but probably does. It may fall apart when you take it out. I haven't watered it in forever. Yep, there's water in it. Stand there and hold it. <laughs> I'm kidding. You don't need to hold it. No, I'm thinking. <laughs> Give me that one. Well, I guess I can. It needs water, anyways. Can I get some a drink first? I see it in my mind. I see them with buckets of water. And they just had to pour it out and say, Lord, we're pouring it out as our hearts before you. We're pouring it out. And that's what many need to do today. In your heart is things that you know you need God to help you with. Things maybe you're struggling over you're battling with. Maybe it's answers you need. Pour your heart out like water. See, you can pour it out like many other things. You pour it out like milk, it leaves a film. Pour it out like coffee, it leaves, leaves a stain. But when you pour it out like water, there's no trace of it. Pour it out like what they drew water, they poured out, poured it out. Some of you need to draw some things up. Some of it's been pushed down in you. You've let your feelings be suppressed and, and you've gotten hard because you've just tried to survive. Come here, Sister Corey. Just stand right there if you would. 
you are a survivor. Today's a day of thunder. Pour your heart out like that. Like water, are you hearing me? Like water. Brother Daniel, you and Sister Kayla, would y'all come stand right there? Today's a day of thunder. In the name of Jesus, pour your heart out just like that. I'm gonna need another bottle of water. Just like water. Are you hearing me today? Just like water. Brother Douglas, would you come and stand right there? Would you come with him? And just stand right there, just like water. Pour your heart out. Pour your heart out. Sister Holly, would you and Sister Katie come and stand right there? Pour your heart out, just like water. Just like water, Brother Steve. Would y'all come? You can sit on the altar right there, Brother Stetson. Would you come? Just like water. Jay, would you come right there? And just like water this morning, we want to pour our hearts out before the Lord. We want to pour our hearts out before the Lord. We listen. I don't know what you may be facing. I don't know what you may be going through. Come here, sis. Come here. Come here, right back there. Yes, come here. Come up here. Come right. Come stand right over here. Megan, would you come with her? Because we're going to pour our hearts out like water today. We're going to pour our heart. If you, you feel you need to come, I want you to move now. Oh, it's a day of thunder this morning. It's a day of thunder. Hallelujah. He's worthy of all the glory in your life. Right where you are, I want you to draw up that water. Maybe that water right now consists of disappointments. Maybe right now it consists of heartache and pain. Maybe it's things you're going through and battling. And draw it up right now. Draw it up. Draw it up. And begin to pour it out like water before the Lord. Begin to pour it out. Those of you that are watching by live stream, I want you to do the same thing right now. I want you to draw up that water. Draw up that pain. Draw up that heartache. Draw up that disappointment. Draw up that discouragement. Draw it all up. And I, in the midst of all of it, I want you to draw up a faith right now. And I want you to begin to pour it out like water. Pour it out like water before the Lord. Pour it out like water before the Lord. Hallelujah. Because he's going to come. I believe he's going to thunder down.